الحمد للہ الحمد للہ من ولد احب الیہ من ادب حسن او کما قال النبی صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم most respected mothers and sisters today the address is directed primarily to the mothers who have gathered with regards to the talim of their children and at the same time it is for one and all it is for myself it is for anyone, as these lessons are universal, they are not something that is confined to anyone in particular, though there are certain things that are of greater importance for parents to take note of. In the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala has mentioned the du'as of various Anbiya wasalam regarding their children, regarding the progeny that they had asked for regarding the kind of offspring that they desired. And among those du'as is the du'a, رَبَّنَا حَبْلَنَا مِنْ أَزْوَاجِنَا وَذُرِّيَّاتِنَا قُرَّةَ آيُن It is a very very comprehensive du'a and it is a du'a that every single parent should be making daily. One is the kind of du'a that we unfortunately often make where our hands are raised, our tongue is reciting something, but our heart is far away from where we are, and it's involved in some other thought, as a result of which sometimes we are not even conscious of what we recited, what we said. That type of dua is not the dua that brings the results that we are looking for. In the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَى لَا يَسْمَعُ إِلَى دُعَاءِ قَلْبٍ لَاهٍ Allah Ta'ala does not listen to the dua of an inattentive heart. So we have to be making dua for our children, but not just the dua of reciting something, we don't know what we recited, our heart and mind is somewhere else, but deeply and sincerely begging Allah Ta'ala daily for the hidayat of our children and for the guidance of our children from the depth of the heart, with the cry of the heart, to beg Allah Ta'ala for this. Many a times, we have problems or some challenges with our children, and as a result, we become very concerned, like any parent would obviously be very concerned. That too is something which is a great thing, that, that concern is there. When a child, there is some difficulty in terms of the child's progress in deen, Otherwise, how often this happens, that as long as the child's dunya is apparently fine, there is no concern of what harm is happening to the child's deen, which is indeed a very, very great tragedy. Whereas the first concern should be for the iman and the deen of the child, and if we have been truly concerned about the iman and deen of the child, and that has come in line, 
then inshallah the child's dunya also will be in order. But if the child's deen is not in order, then even the dunya that the child might possess might become a greater challenge for him. So this is the first lesson that we have to take along, is dua for our children. And then in this dua, there's so much to learn as well. So the first thing was dua, and this very deep, sincere dua, which is from the cry of the heart, not just from the tongue, but deep down. And one is the duas that are in the Quran Sharif, like this dua, but with the meaning in mind. It will take us a few minutes to learn the meaning through somebody. And after having made these few duas from the Quran Sharif, then <coughs> in the language we understand best, to beg Allah Ta'ala and seek His guidance and help for ourselves, for our children as well. So nevertheless in this dua, Allah Ta'ala is teaching us, and this is the dua <coughs> of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa dhurriyatina qurrata a'yun. Ya Allah grant us from our spouses and our children qurrata a'yun. Such who will be the coolness of the eyes. Coolness of the eyes is a figure of expression, it's a figure of speech, it's figurative language, which simply means something that will really make a person happy. When he sees that child, his heart is brimming with joy. Now when will this happen? This is a very comprehensive dua. A person's heart brims with joy when he sees everything in order. He sees the child's dunya also in order, the child is healthy, he is well, he doesn't have any challenges of dunya, he is not in a problem. But more importantly, he sees the child in deen, and on the line of deen, because dunya will end very soon. If the child is well off in dunya, and is healthy and fine and strong and able to do what he wants, but how long? And many have seen their own children leave before them. Allah Ta'ala grant barakat in everyone's life and keep all on sirat mustaqim and keep us under the shade of His pleasure and take us with Iman and raise us on the day of Qiyamah with Iman. But at the same time, this is a reality also that how many have buried their own children? So we have no guarantee of how long the child is going to be here. Just as we do have concern for the dunya of the child, there should be far greater concern for the akhirat of the child. So, this dunya that we do take steps to try and help the child, and as we say, secure the child's future. But the child's future is how long in dunya? Many a times we are trying to secure a 10-year future, 20-year future, sometimes there isn't 20 days left. So we need to do what we have to do in terms of dunya, no, no doubt about that. Whatever is within our capacity, what is reasonable, we will make that effort. But much more effort and concern is to be for the akhirat of the child. And therefore in this dua, qurrata a'yun, it is then followed up, waj'alna lil muttaqina imama. Ya Allah, make us leaders of the muttaqin. That the child, that family member, that spouse, must be muttaqi, must be Allah fearing. And when that child is muttaqi, that will bring that qurrata a'yun. That will truly bring the coolness of the eyes, the happiness of the heart. That is what will make that parent happy and not proud in the sense of thinking of oneself as better, looking down upon others, but that happiness 
in dunya also and on the day of qiyamah also. That this parent will be proud over the child, not that I am somebody better, but out of that happiness that alhamdulillah, summa alhamdulillah, out of the grace of Allah Ta'ala, this child lived on deen and this child passed away on iman and now has been raised in a good manner and this child is heading for jannat, that will be the true pleasure on the day of qiyamah. But for that, there is a process in dunya. Things in dunya happen by the means that are adopted. So if a person plants flowers, he plants roses, roses grows. He plants some weeds, throws out some weeds, that weeds will grow. So therefore, this is the lesson that we have to now take here, that we have to make this effort to train our children in iman and amal. Alhamdulillah, summa alhamdulillah, the parents that have made this choice to put their child in a institution that has a dini environment, that's a dini institution primarily, and where some life skill subjects are taught alongside, they have made this choice, and inshallah this was the primary motive, they made this choice to protect the dean of their child. Sometimes, and this is unfortunately the situation sometimes, that parents make this decision also for the dunya of their child. How does this happen? That well actually the child now must grow up to be productive. Productive meaning in our mind or some pe- sometimes in our mind productive in terms of dunya. In order to be productive in terms of dunya he has to grow up safe from environments that are detrimental to his character, detrimental to his uh, correct upbringing. He mustn't get involved in things that will harm him. Somebody mustn't get involved in drugs, for example. Don't get involved in all other vices. So now to save the child from those evils and vices, and in order to make him productive, but productive again, now this is unfortunately the situation that the mind is only going in one direction, dunya. Now in order to make him productive for dunya, so now we need to have him in an environment that is comparatively safe. So he's brought into this kind of environment, or she's brought into this kind of environment, but for the purpose of dunya. Now, if that was ever, inshallah, that was not the case, but if that was ever the case, then we need to rethink our situation and refresh our intention, and change that intention. Not that we change the place, we keep our child, alhamdulillah, we have taken the step to bring the child to this kind of environment, the primary motivation, inshallah, for everybody would have been this, that they want their child to prosper in deen. They want the child to have the correct deeni upbringing. They want their child to grow up with the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. They want their child to have deen at heart, to live the life of a good Muslimah, to be able to fulfill the role that they have later in life in the light of what deen has taught what deen has taught and what guidance we have been given, that this daughter, this girl, as she's growing up, what is her role in life, that she must grow up to become a good wife someday. She must become a good mother. And that good wife and good mother is somebody who, together with fulfilling whatever the role of day-to-day things are concerned, in terms of what a wife's responsibilities are, taking care of the husband, taking care of his home, taking care of his whatever issues, and what a good mother is, taking care of her child, taking care of the needs of the child, feeding the child, etc., clothing the child. But more than all that, 
a good wife and a good mother is somebody that guides the household towards deen. That understands the responsibility in terms of deen. Kullukum ra'in wa kullukum mas'oolun an ra'iyati. Nabi Wasallam says, every one of you is a shepherd and they will be questioned about their flock. And in particular then Nabi Wasallam says, well, mar'atu ra'iyatun ala bayti zawjiha wa waladihi fakullukum ra'in wa kullukum mas'oolun an ra'iyatihi. The woman is also, she is the shepherd of the house of the husband and on the child as well. She's a shepherdess as well. So therefore she's going to be questioned also. Question about what? What menu she fed the child? What kind of latest fashion she clothed the child in? What kind of best shoes were the child made to wear? No, these things are not going to be asked on the day of Qiyamat. On the day of Qiyamat what's going to be asked is what deen was imparted to the child. What akhlaq was imparted to the child. So alhamdulillah, thumma alhamdulillah, the parents are deserving of every congratulation that they made a calculated choice. That they put their child deliberately in an environment of deen because they want the deen to be primarily embedded deep down in the heart of the child. Allah Ta'ala accept this intention. Allah Ta'ala accept this step forward. And Allah Ta'ala make it a means of every khair. Allah Ta'ala make our children truly that qurrata ayun, the coolness of our eyes. Allah Ta'ala make us lil muttaqina imama, the leaders of the righteous, the leaders of those who have taqwa. In other words, the head of the house, he sees behind him people with taqwa. So obviously that will bring taqwa in him also. So this is what is the aspiration. And this is what will make that zurriyat and that offspring salih. As in some other du'as of the Qur'an Sharif, Rabbi habli minas salihin. This has been the du'a of the Anbiya Muslim. Ya Allah grant me pious offspring. That is the primary issue. That there must be piety in them. So now we've taken the step, mashallah, and we've put our children in a dini environment. Now, does this end with that? That the child, mashallah, has come to a dini environment. Now our job is done. And we have nothing else to do further. No, the job has only begun. That was one small step actually in this process of giving our children the correct dini tarbiyat and giving them the correct upbringing a comparatively small step was to put them in this environment of a madrasa so that they will grow up inshallah and spend their their hours of the day in learning their life skills etc in a dini environment that is still the small step forward the bigger step is what we still have to continue with now this is a small step because number one, the time that the child spends in madrasa is limited. The child comes in at half past seven, quarter to eight, whatever the time might be, and by two o'clock the day is over. And then the rest of the time from two o'clock till the next morning, the child is in the care of the parents and should be in the care of the parents and in the upbringing and training of the parents. Come the weekend, there is no madrasa, the whole Saturday, the whole Sunday, Come the holidays, then almost maybe 65, 70 days in the year or a little bit more than that are gone in the holidays or around that much are gone in holidays. So if we put all this together, it is less than a quarter of the total time of the year that the child is in madrasa proper. The rest of the time the child is in the care of the parents. Now the madrasa endeavors to try and impart the correct values, the correct lessons to the child and tries to 
embed in the heart and mind of the child the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, the greatness of Allah Ta'ala, the importance of following the sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, inculcating the deep love of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in our hearts, inculcating the love of deen, the correct mindset, trying to inculcate the correct mindset, which is the very, very crucial aspect, inculcating the correct mindset. So all these are the things that uh, there's some effort made apart from teaching the syllabus in terms of whatever the necessary things have to be taught in the side of the diniyat, obviously that's the most important thing. The child must be able to fulfill all their farais, wajibat, sunnats, day-to-day aspects of life, everything in the dini manner. But together with that, this tarbiyah and this training that the mind must think correctly. Now this effort is made to whatever extent in the madrasa, but as just understood just now, that there is a very minimal time in the madrasa. And the rest of the time is in the care and in the training of the parents. Now it will all depend on what happens back home, what kind of reinforcement of the lessons of the madrasa take place at home, what kind of direction is received from the parents, that will either determine, that will either guide this child to progress in what was learnt in madrasa, or will wash away whatever was learned. And the next day the child will come back to Madrasa, will be from square one again, or at the end of the term, the child went and the parents took the child to do everything that the Madrasa said don't do, and neglected everything the Madrasa taught the child to do, so the child comes back completely clean, slated, or rather sometimes worse off, Allah forbid. So then it's a losing battle in the Madrasa, if that reinforcement does not take place at home. So this is a three-way process. One is the teacher, the other is the student, and the third party of this triangle is the parent. When all three will play their role, then we'll have that triangle. And the triangle is now a fortress. Inside this triangle will be the protection. But now if there's one part missing, it will be left vulnerable. And the forces can easily then attack and easily penetrate and cause mayhem inside this fortress. So what is necessary is that all three sides of this triangle have to play their role. So at the madrasa the effort is made, Allah Ta'ala accept whatever efforts are made by the teachers, they try whatever best they can, and the students make their effort in the madrasa, whatever effort is possible to get them to make, but then a great deal of effort is left for the home. And that is where the parents have to play their role, inshallah. And mashallah, many play this role very well. So Allah Ta'ala give all of us a tafiq that we play this role, that we reinforce the lessons that are taught in madrasa. Now for example, it's obvious that certain things, it doesn't even require uh, the mu'allima to be saying it to our child, it's something we should have already and we do already, alhamdulillah, inculcate in our homes even before the child has gone to madrasa. For example, the importance of salah. Now the madrasa will keep uh, emphasizing this and the children will be taught repeatedly the importance of salah. But at the most they are in madrasa during the time of one salah, zuhur salah. Asar, maghrib, isha and fajr, they are at home. And in the weekend they are at home entirely. The holidays, the entire time they are in the parents' care. Now, 
the one salah they'll be made to perform in, in madrasa, but the other five salah, the other four salah, what emphasis is placed upon making sure it is performed and performed in good time and performed with due importance? Now what is done there, that will determine what will happen in madrasa in the one salah also. If the child is taught the importance of salah at home by practical teaching, that is salah time, everybody is now hastening towards salah, everybody is preparing for salah, nobody is neglecting their salah, the mother is now uh, reminding everyone, father is reminding everyone, everyone is performing their salah, and especially daughters, the mothers have to take greater charge. So then the child will be conscious of salah, and in madrasa also that one salah will be performed with due care, and at home it will be performed with due care as well. And if at home it's neglected, then the child will feel, well, madrasa is for madrasa. If I can get away without performing my salah in madrasa also, then fine, we'll get away with it. The harm and the detriment is of the child. So this is just one example. Like this, all the other aspects. For example, the dressing of the child. Now this will be repeatedly discussed and repeatedly highlighted that what is the importance of modest Islamic dressing and shunning, completely shunning all the western fashions, the immodest and shameless dressing of the West and the jeans and t-shirt culture of the West and the other tight-fitting clothing of the West and all the other things that go along with it. Now this is repeatedly emphasized in the madrasa. But if the child is going to be given garments of this nature by their own parent and being encouraged to wear it or being allowed to wear it then it's obviously that the child's mind is going to fall in a major confusion. Either the child is going to disregard the mother asa, well, these people just say some things, but it's not really important, because my parents themselves gave me this to wear, so they should be fine. Or the child starts losing respect for the parent, quietly, silently starts losing respect for the parent, because he understood or she understood the importance of what is being taught in madrasa. And the child now has become mature enough to understand that yes, this is what's the teaching of deen. But then the other side, they're seeing something else. So they quietly, silently, in their hearts, start losing some respect. They're in confusion. And from time to time, there are people who write up, who ask these kind of questions. How do I handle this contradiction? That my parents are telling me something else, and I am learning something else from my ustad, from my muallima. In other words, they've understood what is being taught to them by the ustad, by the muallima is correct. But the parents are teaching them something opposite. Now, in a very respectful manner, they are asking for how to maneuver through this. But they have understood already. They might, that is why they are asking somebody, some third party. Now, we should never allow this to happen, that we are confusing our own children. We have, mashallah, taken the step to send them in a deeny environment, so that they may primarily learn deen, bring deen to heart, practice deen, become deeny conscious, become Allah conscious, now, if we are going to then give a separate lesson in practice at home, then that child is going to be in a deep confusion. And today they will be confused about perhaps the importance of salah, or the importance of dressing modestly, or not confused, but they are not bothered about it, because that's how it happens. So they don't bother today, Allah forbid about their salah, they don't bother about the dressing, they don't bother about many other things, but then slowly what else happens? then they don't bother about the respect for their parents, because they're not bothering about so many other things in deen. They're not bothering about the faraiz, they're not bothering about salah,
They're not bothering about not looking at haram. They're not bothering about not listening to haram. So then one more haram, disrespecting the parents is also haram. Another one more haram. And they're neglecting so many of the essentials. One more essential of respecting the parents get neglected. And this has happened so many times. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. Allah Ta'ala give our children the correct guidance. Allah Ta'ala bless them with respect for their parents. Bless them with the uh, zeal for serving their parents. Allah Ta'ala grant them those values in their lives and hearts that make them truly valuable people. Make them assets for themselves, assets for their parents, assets for the community, assets for the entire ummah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So, that is the dua that we should be making all the time. But together with the dua, we understand this dua and dawa. Dua also has to happen, dawa also. Child is not well, then we make dua also, but we don't confine ourselves in dua. We make dawa as well. We give the child medication, we go to see the doctor. If there's something further required, then we will take it further to a specialist. Allah Ta'ala protect us. The child sometimes needs to be hospitalized. We go through that. Why? The child must be well. The child must gain health. The child must not be ill in any way. So we try to do everything to bring back the health of the child. We make dua also and we make dua as well. So likewise, the spiritual health of the child. We have to make the dua. Alhamdulillah, we've made part of the dua. We brought the child into a madasa, into a dini environment. But that's part of the dua. We have to make the dua to the extent of the home as well. That now the same lessons that are taught in madrasa, those lessons are reinforced at home. Those lessons are now taken forward and implemented practically in the life of the child. That constant encouragement is taken, taking place. The consciousness of Allah Ta'ala is being developed. Those du'as that the child learnt in madrasa, we are reminding the child to recite it on their occasions. The dhikr and tasbihat that they have been repeatedly emphasized upon, we are checking that they are making these tasbihat. The other good things that they are being taught, what they are being taught to refrain from, not to be caught up in social media, not to be caught up on the cell phone, etc. We are now reinforcing this and guiding them and assisting them. Inshallah, tomorrow we will be the recipients of the good of the child. First and foremost, we'll benefit out of it. Because when they will learn to respect the laws of Allah Ta'ala, they will learn to respect their parents also. When they will learn to uphold the laws of Allah Ta'ala, they will uphold the respect of their parents also. When they will learn to respect deen, then they will respect the laws of deen. And among the laws of deen, how Allah Ta'ala has commanded, وَلَا تَقُلْ لَهُمَا أُفْفِوا وَلَا تَنْهَرْهُمَا وَقُلْ لَهُمَا قَوْلًا كَرِيمًا Don't even say uff to the parents, don't rebuke them, talk to them in kind tones. Now they will respect this law of Allah Ta'ala as well. And they will respect every law of Allah Ta'ala. So we want the best for our children. The best for our children is firstly the best deen. The best talim of deen. And together with that, then we will do whatever is necessary for their life of dunya, but not at the expense of deen. So mashallah, we've taken this great step forward that we have saved our children from the environments of the public schools, etc. But we brought them to a deeny environment that's only part of the job. The rest of the job is at home. We see to it that the children are completing their work, whatever work has been given to them in Madrasa. We are reinforcing that and we are guiding them that your primary objective is to connect with Allah Ta'ala. Your primary objective is to bring deen in your life. Your primary objective is to become a good Muslimah. 
and later in life your primary, among your primary roles and functions will be to be a good Muslim wife and to be a good Muslimah mother. This is what your requirement is. Where you will be guiding your children and your family towards deen, taking care of their dunya needs as well, but primarily guiding them to Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. Such children will become an asset for us in dunya also and an asset in akhirat as well. May Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala accept each one's efforts and sacrifices. Allah Ta'ala bless each one and the children with every good in dunya and akhirat. May Allah Ta'ala make our children the coolness of our eyes in every respect. Wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.